Hey everyone, Lauren here, your host with The Invitation. On today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about the word trust. Trust has been something, if I'm being really honest, that I have been struggling with. I I say I've been struggling with it, and in my mind I think, oh, I've just been struggling with it for a few months now. But I really think it's probably something I've struggled with for a long time and just become more aware of it recently because of some of the circumstances in our life. So I guess I just wanted to tell you my thoughts. So let's get started. The Webster definition of the word trust is this. It's the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. It's a great word. (laughs) It's a great word, and I think we use it in our daily life for a variety of reasons. I don't know, simple things like I trust that the car that I'm driving right now is going to go forward. I trust that my husband is going to come home after work for dinner. I trust that when the weatherman says that it is freezing outside, that it really is freezing outside. I think there are a lot of things we we kind of naturally just trust. And I think there are a lot of things that we probably struggle to trust. Um, because there are things in our life that have happened that make us doubt that people or things are trustworthy. I have a hard time trusting driving in the rain. Because one rainy morning several years ago I was on the interstate with a friend at I think 5 in the morning because we got some group on on a boot camp across town and it was raining it was raining so hard that I was driving really slow I mean if the speed limit was 65 I was probably driving 45 or 50 I was in the right lane probably with my flashers on and just really cautious and even though I was being really careful we hit a body of water I'm sure it was just a puddle but some amount of water on the road that was standing and I just lost complete control of the car we spun around in circles that seemed to last for minutes but I'm sure it was only seconds we I can picture it in my head. We spun around completely and almost hit the sidewall and the median. And then somehow we spun back around the opposite direction and ended up going facing the same direction that we were originally without hitting the wall and without hitting any other car, which I don't even understand how that's possible. But that experience for me that honestly what felt like a near-death experience even though we didn't hit anything it was so traumatizing that anytime I'm in the car now I struggle to trust 
I mean, when it's raining. Anytime I'm in the car when it's raining, I struggle to trust that we're going to be safe. Like, I just don't feel safe driving in the rain. I think I actually feel safer driving in the snow and ice than I do in the rain because of my experience. I think there are likely relationships that feel similar. There are friendships that have probably let us down, broken our trust, told someone something they shouldn't have. Sometimes it's family. There's family members that broke our trust for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's like a coworker or a neighbor and we just struggle to trust because of things that have gone down. And for me, the thing I've been struggling with the most over the past few months is trusting God. Like things that we've hoped for and prayed for and they didn't pan out the way we hoped or prayed for. Things that in our human mind seemed so obvious, so clear. Like our way seemed better than his way. And just the feeling of being so heartbroken after devastating news. Like, how do I trust the God that's in control of all of that? How? I mean, when we've gone through such devastating, heartbreaking things, and I'm not just talking about myself, I'm thinking of other people in my life that are going through horrible devastating things that put my struggle to shame. I think like, how do they trust God in the midst of that? So like always, I certainly don't have answers or the answers or all the answers. (laughs) That's not really the point. I guess my point is it's worth talking about. How do we find trust in the midst of situations that make it very difficult to feel trust? One of the things our family has kind of gotten into in the past few years, two years, I think. I say few, but it's really only been two is boating. Boating in the summer. And when we said yes to boating, well, when my husband wore me down, basically, (laughs) as he does with a lot of his hobbies. And I finally give in and say, yeah, sure, that's fine. Let's do it. We had so many kids. We had five kids and one in a pumpkin seat still. And the rest were, I don't know, five and under, I guess. Well, one's older. Anyways, that doesn't matter. We had a lot of little kids that my husband wanted us to go boating every weekend. So anyways, we've been doing this for two years. And my, who is six-year-old now, is what seems to be one of the most fearless children you've ever met. He's just a wild child. And, I mean, he just, at a playground, I mean... 
the things that he does terrify me. But there are a couple things he just tends to be fearful of. And one of them is roller coasters, which I don't understand. And then this past summer, one of the things that he was terrified of was being on the tube on the back of our boat. He did it last summer when he was, what, four, four and a half? And this past summer, he just quit. He wouldn't do it. He was terrified. I don't even really understand what happened, but he just... He just got terrified if he wouldn't get on the tube. He wouldn't sit on it when it was still. He wouldn't He wouldn't go if we were at idle speed. He would just break down into this emotional mess. And we didn't know what to do with it. I mean, how is it that you were doing it before when you were younger and now all of a sudden you're just terrified of it? And like, what do we do about it? I mean, I think there was a little bit of temptation to just be like, just get on there and like, just do it. So one day my husband and I were disagreeing a little bit about how we were going to parent this because my husband's idea was let's just make him do it and then he'll just, he'll get over it somehow. And I just told him like, look, I want to be on the same team. So until we can figure out how we're going to do this thing, we're going to parent him in this way. Let's, let's come up with a plan that we can both agree to on how we parent this. It may not seem like a big deal, but you want your kids to have fun. So you want them to do this thing and overcome their fears too. Anyways, this idea popped in my head. I, a lot of times just trying to be the fun mom, bring some kind of treat along with us. And I had this bag of jelly beans. And so I somehow coerced him onto the tube while it was just, we were parked. And I said, why don't you just come sit on the tube with me and I'll bring these jelly beans and we'll just sit and eat them on the tube, trying to just convince him or bribe him or whatever you want to call it. So we get on the tube and I think my husband like takes advantage of the situation and decides, okay, let's get going. He's on the tube. This is good. Like we'll go ahead and start idling. Well, of course he's, he's getting terrified again. And I have this bag of jelly beans. I'm like, let's just, let's keep eating them. So I, we keep like coming up with different games and songs to sing and just all this fun stuff to keep our focus on the jelly beans and not being on the tube. We start moving and I can feel his body tensing up. He doesn't want to do it. And I'm, I'm holding him. He's sitting right with me. We're going so slow. And over time, he does really start to focus more on the jelly beans. He does. I mean, he had to release a little bit and accept that like, okay, he has to open his mouth to get a jelly bean. He has to let me put it in his mouth. He wouldn't even take his hands off the grips on this, on the tube. And so I would put them in his mouth and we ended up tubing that day. I want to say probably 15 or 20 minutes. We were going slow. We ate that whole bag of jelly beans. We played all these games and somehow it really did work. (laughs) He overcame his fear of the tube. And after that, I just, it was, it was also the summer that was probably our hardest summer where, you know, our family was kind of torn apart. And afterwards I felt like 
the Lord gave me this picture, like, I'm trying to do the same thing with you. You know, you're terrified of what, what the next season looks like. You're terrified of what your family looks like now that it's different. You're terrified. You don't even want to do it. You're, you don't even want to take another step down this road. You're, you're kicking and screaming and throwing this huge fit about it. Like, let me give you the truth. Let me give you the jelly beans. Like, I just felt like he had these things that he wanted to tell me. But I had to open my mouth. I had to let him give it to me. I had to trust him. Because here's the thing. I don't doubt for one second that my son loves me. And I don't doubt for one second that I love my God. But trusting me and me trusting my God, those that's totally different. It feels totally different. Love and trust, they aren't the same word. So it was so interesting walking through that season with my son and then walking through that season in life. And I really felt like that, that experience with my son on the tube was such a great example for me in that season. Like the Lord really wanted to just give me truth. I had to be willing to receive it. And over the past few months, it feels like I've been on that tube with him, unsure clinging on for dear life, but eating jelly beans of truth along the way. I want to read you a passage out of a book that I'm reading. I think I've mentioned it before, but it's the book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way by Lisa Turkhurst. And the thing about trust is with God for me is I think I've been looking for like how do I trust him how do I get to the place that I trust him like I can like make up my mind to do it but how do I force myself into this place of trusting him here's what Lisa says when we seek God we see God We don't see his physical form, but we see him at work and can start to see more of what he sees. Trust grows. If our hearts are willing to trust him, he will entrust to us more and more of his perspective. Matthew 5, 8 teaches us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. If we want to see him in our circumstances and see his perspective, we must seek him, his ways, and his word. That's where we find his good plans and promises for hope and a future. If we find ourselves in an incredibly disappointing place, a place we don't want to be, a very long season of suffering that just goes on and on, or one we know we will not be changed on this side of eternity, it's easy to start feeling that some of God's good plans don't apply to us. It's easy to slip into the mentality that we somehow fell through the cracks of God's good plans. Things are too final. The ink is too dry. The page has been turned. Their hearts are too hard. Your heart is too hurt. The doctors have said it's impossible. The account is too bankrupt. The biological clock has run out. 
one hard thing just gives way to another hard thing and then more hard things. And there's just been one too many days full of unanswered prayers. But the truth is, God is closer than we often realize. He sees things we don't see, and he knows things we don't know. He has a perspective from where he sits that allows him to see all things, the past, the present, and the future. From the day we are conceived to the day we return to death and even beyond that into eternal eternity. When I think about the people that I trust most in my life, something stands out. The people I trust most in my life are the people that I spend the most time with. My husband, I clearly trust with a lot. I trust him with my heart. I trust him with our kids. I trust him with our finances. I trust him in a lot of areas because I spend, I have spent the most time with him. When I think about friends, the friends that I trust the most are the friends that I have spent the most time with who have, I have trusted with pieces of my heart, with thoughts that I've had, with my kids, with, I don't know, all kinds of things. So if that's true about the people in my life, don't you think maybe that's true about our God? Like one of the ways that we get to a place of trusting him is spending time with him. Like how do we trust someone we don't even spend time with? So I think that's where I find my invitation in trusting him is how can I expect to trust him if I'm not spending time with him? seeking him and I will see more of what he sees like Lisa was saying at the very beginning of that passage I read she says when we seek him we see God when we see him at work we can start to see more of what he sees and trust grows If our hearts are willing to trust him, he will entrust to us more and more of his perspective. It does take me back to to even just being on that tube with my son. Had I just shoved him on that tube and yelled at him from the boat, Trust me! It'll be fine! Don't worry! Stop crying! That's not what our God does. He sits right on that tube with us and feeds us jelly beans of truth along the way. He holds our hand. He embraces us. He wraps himself around us. He wants to show us that he is trustworthy. He doesn't have to earn our trust. I think he wants to show us that he is trustworthy. There's still a lot I don't know, don't understand, can't wrap my mind around. So I would imagine that if you're listening, you probably feel the same way.
I don't think months ago I could have talked about it like this because I remember calling one of my friends and basically yelling at her about all the ways I didn't trust God and if our life was going to be like this then what was next and all these awful things and she sat and listened to me with such grace and patience and she just let me have that moment. I'm so thankful for that because without that you know, I don't think I'd be at the place I am now. Which feels a little more trusting. <laughs> Doesn't change who God is, but it does change who who I am becoming. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode about trust. I have really enjoyed doing these episodes on this podcast and I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten. I appreciate everyone who has liked my pages and followed me on Instagram and I would love it if you would subscribe somewhere just so that you are notified when I have episodes come out, although I do post it every time something does come out. But I really do appreciate it, guys. It means the world to me to know that people that I love care about what I have to say. That is actually part of being a nine, an Enneagram nine. Um, One of the core lies or fears of an Enneagram nine is that their voice doesn't matter. And um, I just appreciate it that uh, to some of you, that what I have to say does matter. So I appreciate the listening. Um, I, just to kind of let you know where I'm headed, I am going to post one more episode before the holidays and that will wrap up this first season. And then I'm going to take a break for a little bit. And I have a really exciting season two coming up. I'm not ready to tell you quite what it is yet because it's still in the works, but I will be spending several weeks working on that project. And when I'm ready, I cannot wait to tell you what it's going to be. But for now, let me leave you with the question. So today's episode was about trust and trusting God. And so I just wonder if you do feel invited to trust God in an area of your life that feels really difficult and maybe even risky, whether it's a relationship or a job or finances or an area of your heart. If you do feel that invitation that he is wanting to show you how trustworthy he really is, what is your next step? What are you going to do with that invitation?